0: Thanks to ZipRecruiter, which is the presenting sponsor of Recode Decode and The Smartest Way to Hire. If you run a tech company, you're busy. Dev sprints, investor pitches, meetings, cold pizza for dinner. So when you're hiring, you want to spend your time on viewing candidates who have all the skills you need. That's where ZipRecruiter can help. Their matching technology scans thousands of resumes to actively find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. If you're hiring, it's time to get smart. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as the lifelike robot that replaced the real Kara Swisher three years ago. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. But in my spare time, I talk tech and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair is Josh Ginsburg, the CEO and co-founder of Zignal Labs. It's a media intelligence company that helps its consumers see what people are saying and what stories are emerging from across the internet. He previously worked in politics and public affairs, directing campaigns for Arnold Schwarzenegger and Mitt Romney and working on the strategy department of the Republican National Committee. Josh, welcome to Recode Decode. There's so much to talk about.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Okay,
0: we also have some information about some new products you're doing. Now, let's go over your background a little bit. I I like people to know how people got. You're just a political guy, right? You're just a...
1: Yeah, I have a little bit of the old Republican Party. Exactly, the old Republican Party. Uh, I have a little bit of probably a non-traditional background to becoming a uh, CEO of a technology company. Uh, So yeah, my background is in uh, politics and public affairs. Uh, I've served on three presidential campaigns. My first one was uh, in 2000 on the 2000 Bush campaign. Uh, I actually started uh, as an intern and Mm -hmm. it was a summer job, which was great down in Austin, Texas. Um, And it was in the strategy department, which was fascinating for me because One of the biggest things that we were doing was seeing how can we get then Governor Bush's message out there, which we'll talk about how this is relevant to what we're doing now. Um, And it was such a great experience. I actually managed to convince my high school to let me take my first semester of senior year off to uh, stay down in Austin, Texas to work on the campaign. And then I guess you could say I was bitten by the political bug from there.
0: Mm -hmm. And so you did those campaigns and they were sort of traditional. What did you – the things you did, just your basic –
1: yeah. I mean, at that point, it was really – I mean, by the way, we had georgewbush.com, and we mm-hmm. actually put it on our signs. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we put the website out there was like a really big deal. At the so, time, yeah. So if you think about it from just how media has evolved in just you know less than 20 years, mm-hmm. that's really significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say that's a pretty big theme that I kind of saw throughout my career as in each step. You know, after working on uh, the 2000 Bush campaign, um, I worked on the 2004 Bush campaign uh, and eventually uh, made my way out here to California to be uh, Governor Schwarzenegger's political director, Mm -hmm. which was sort of another great lesson in terms of how to use the media. He's probably one of the best communicators I've ever seen. Um, And so kind of consistently throughout my career, that's always been a really important part of – Uh, What we were trying to do? How do you get your message out? How does it move throughout that media spectrum and eventually reach the public?
0: And how it gets there? Like one message gets iterated, and how it gets iterated. And there used to be traditional methods of doing that. And then you work for Mitt Romney.
1: Then I worked for Mitt Romney. I was his national field director in 2008. So the one that he didn't quite win. No, didn't
0: quite. (laughs) Yeah, quite at all. But you know, he was actually it was the first place where you did see memes happening. Remember binders full of women and all kinds of things. Oh,
1: totally. It was actually really interesting. I was talking to someone about this the other day, we were at a point in that campaign where we were still having arguments of, hey, what's a better platform for us to get our message out? Is it MySpace or is it Facebook? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. to give you a sense, I mean, that was a decade ago. Sure. And, you know, if it wow. wasn't
0: MySpace, as it turns
1: out. Yeah. <laughs> turns out we bet on Facebook. So Good. that was, that was smart.
0: But also, I remember there were a couple of different points when he had that recording when he talked about... um People like it was. There was a couple times where he really got bitten by internet kind of memes and viral virality. There was there was and and Obama benefited from it. On the on the flip side, I don't think there was an error on by the Obama people at all in that.
1: No, look, they they did a great job using sort of that media landscape to Mm -hmm. their advantage. And if you think about sort of how things have evolved, I mean, the difference between '08 and 2012 was huge, too. I mean, mm-hmm. thankfully, I was out of politics by that point. But mm-hmm. um, that's something that really consistently uh, consistently occurred.
0: Right. So, And that was the Palin-McCain.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was Palin-McCain.
0: Right, which who was an Internet phenomenon and then was not. Yes. Same thing. Like it sort of bit, went back to bitter with that SNL clip that went around and had a lot of impact from what I could tell on the campaign. Huge and so. amount of
1: impact. And yeah. if you think about it, there was new ways of getting out your message at that mm-hmm. point. I mean, how do you use the Internet to your advantage? How do you make sure that that coalesces in the right way with more traditional types of media like newspapers? I mean, that's when you really started that landscape starting to shift even more.
0: Even more. And we're going to talk about that more. But so you went off and did this company. You got sick of politics? Sick I got it. (laughs)
1: That's that's the nice way of saying it. Um, Yeah, I mean, after politics, I went into public affairs. So I worked at a large public affairs firm. Mm -hmm. that was owned by one of the massive holding companies. Um, I started two public affairs firms of my own where our clients range from the boutique nonprofit to the Fortune 10 company and Mm -hmm. really everything in between. Um, And the bottom line, and I think where our company Signal Labs really comes into play is – Every single time uh, and every single step along the way, we face the exact same issue. Now, the landscape looked different, but the issue is the same, Mm -hmm. which is how can I hear what is being said about myself out there, but most importantly, take action on those things? So when we were doing everything, you know, quote unquote, the right way. In order to hear what was being said about us is we'd have 10, 20-year-olds in a back room constantly doing Google news searches with a wall of TVs in front of them and Mm -hmm. later on with TweetDeck. And every eight minutes or so, I get a new email saying, hey, here's a new story that mentions your CEO or your company or your candidate. Right. And my question was always the same, which is, I mean, hey, that's great, but is it moving? Is it trending? Is it positive? Is it negative? Right. Most importantly, what type of action should right. I take? it's just
0: not just because it's there. First it'd be it was just it's on there.
1: Right, Exactly. And so when we started Signal Labs, and I had two great founders. And did you still have to do. use the word
0: labs? So it seems. So uh,
1: yeah, it was very uh, Silicon Valley yeah, story. I mean lab. We, it was either that or you know taking out a vowel, and yeah, we, we, yeah. we liked our vowels. All
0: right, okay, Signal. <laughs> yeah. That would have driven me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Us too. Yeah, but you did use the Z. But Although we ahead. might
1: own the URL, I don't okay, know. Okay. All right.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. So you created this to make it more able for people to use in a dashboard format.
1: Exactly. So – and we really targeted um, three things that we said we have to get really good at in this new type of media environment Mm -hmm. um, in order to help people make better decisions and execute on those actions. Mm -hmm. And the first one was we said, okay, look, we have to look across the entire media spectrum. So we have to bring everything from social media, traditional media, and television. And one of the things that always fascinated me and was really important for us as a company is to be able to see how stories travel. So, yeah. for example, a couple of years ago, we did a study where we found one of the most powerful news cycles were stories that started in social media, bounced up into local television, bounced up into national newspapers, and mm-hmm. bounced up into national television. Right. And by the time it gets to national television, I mean, that story's baked. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot you can do about it. Right. So that's a really important element. Now, that's changed mm-hmm. just in the past couple of years, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that. Right. Um, the second thing is we said, okay, look, we got to see all of this happening in real time mm-hmm. because everything's moving that fast. We have to build an infrastructure for our platform. We can feed all of those data streams down a real-time processing pipeline to analyze it in all of the relevant ways. Mm-hmm. And the third thing we said, all right, then we're talking about millions of data points coming in really fast. We got to really nail how this is visualized. So in a split second, even if there are millions data points, the end user can say, okay, this is what's important and this is what's not. Um, so we went and we hired a guy from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory who was doing data visualization for the Mars rover lander, and mm-hmm. his job was taking data off of Mars and visualizing it for NASA. Sure. And we said, "All right, let's take that same concept and now do that for media data points." So mm-hmm. that, that, was our, that was our approach. So you we got started. the
0: rocket guy. To do so you had to get a rocket scientist. So what you have is like all kinds of points of information and data to make a cogent argument about whatever is happening or a cogent
1: exactly. sn- Just,
0: snapshot of what's happening. But there's lots of dashboards. Everyone has it. We have a social media dashboard. We have this. This is working. This is not working. This headline's working. This is not. But this is more sentiment and everything else, correct?
1: Yeah, it's everything. I mean, there are dozens of ways of slicing and dicing. There's probably hundreds mm-hmm. now. Um, And so you can really see what does the environment look like and how do you take action on that? So we work a lot with large corporations, large enterprises Mm -hmm. to be able to see that. Um, we actually started off in politics, and mm-hmm. then uh, sort of transitioned. Which has
0: a the- twitchy effect. Which, but everything's
1: twitchy now, right? I would say that is the world that we live in. Now that is, is the world we live sure. in.
0: So you do this for corporations, and it's just media and like this is what's trending. But it's not more than that. It's like this is what's trending. It's this is the impact of this. This is who's doing it. This is where it's coming from. This is the sentiment about whether it's negative, positive, or neutral.
1: Exactly. So it's what's accelerating, but then it's also, okay, well, are my key messages getting across? What's right. my brand health? Right. Uh, how's my CEO being perceived? Mm-hmm. Are, are, are those messages resonating? Is Who are the best people to go out there and be influencers? Who are the other influencers I need to be aware of? Right. So it's pretty, it's actually very broad in terms of all the different types of use cases you can have, and those get customized for those corporations. For
0: those corporations, what they're supposed to do with it, because they were, they're aware of these things, but haven't been paying attention as much much as they should
1: have. I would say one thing that I learned in my political days is if you can't measure it, it's almost impossible to manage it. Mm-hmm. And so if you take that same concept for media news cycles and corporate communications and marketing mm-hmm. teams, it's the same thing. Right. And what's really interesting is it's actually expanded beyond communications teams and marketing teams. Mm-hmm. And now it's much more part of the C-suite, the executive uh, teams as well. Right. That They have to because it
0: affects employees, it affects the stock market, it affects investors, it affects...
1: Everything. Yeah, I mean we were we were at a I was at a large uh, company back in New York a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and the communications person brought to this meeting uh, the chief risk officer, the general counseled person from marketing. If you think about it, a few years ago, if the head of comms went to you know someone from risk, hey, come to this meeting, they'd say, you know, what are you doing? Go, like, right. go, re- go write me a press release. But right. now it's so vital right. to a company to have right. those elements. And
0: so that's what we're going to talk about this new product that you have that is about, because it's not just managing your corporate, because there's like lots of different negative news articles or something happens that's bad for a company or a bad quarter, and they manage that. They try to get the best messages out and stuff like that. But you've started to look into the area where of misinformation not misinformation, disinformation. That's yeah, a diss. A diss, not a miss. They're not just saying something stupid. Like, <laughs> um, Talk about this new product that you're doing because I think that's one thing. People have to have those capabilities going forward no matter what, the first the first ones you talked about.
1: For, for sure. I mean that's sort of table stakes mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, and one thing that we saw, so in the beginning of this year, we started seeing some really interesting mm-hmm. anomalies in our data. Mm-hmm. And by anomalies, I mean spikes in volume that didn't necessarily make sense or influencers. And we said, OK, why is that person considered an influencer? Right, right. And we gave this data to our data science team and they came back and they said, look, these are actually synthetic mentions. These are mm-hmm. artificial. These are not real people. Mm-hmm. And so we sort of took a step back and we said, OK, well, what's what's going on here? And what we saw was there was massive amounts of bot activity Mm -hmm. that were impacting corporate brands, corporate reputations. It had an impact on market cap, all of these other things. And when we dug in even deeper, we saw these were all coordinated, And to give you a sense of the magnitude, we literally have not found a company in the past six months that have not gotten hit with a major bot attack. Mm -hmm. So those same forces. This is separate.
0: Let's make this clear. People have been concerned with hack attacks, data attacks, all kinds of things like that. This is different. Explain what that is.
1: This is this is for sure different, although in some ways related, Mm because they're coming from similar types of nefarious actors out Mm -hmm. there. But uh, what this is, are people are spinning up. Fake accounts or fake sites, and they're using that to amplify false news stories or negative news stories about a corporation. And they're using that in order to really impact the bottom line of the company, the company's corporate reputation. So we found those same uh, forces that were impacting our politics. That's been pretty well publicized. It's now happening in the corporate world in a really major way. And time and time again, as we go to companies. They say, well, I guess this actually makes a lot of sense. We had no idea it's happening. Mm -hmm. It's something that everyone really needs to be made aware of right now.
0: All right. And so explain what happens. Give me the the scenario. And then in the next section, we'll talk about what that means. And we'll talk more deep about it. But very briefly, what does that mean? That something happens—
1: Yeah, so let me give you an example from just one of our customers here. We had a customer who a false news story, this was a couple months ago, was put out about them that a bunch of their customers were leaving and going to a competitor. Mm -hmm. What we saw was a bot network spin up, so a bunch of fake accounts. Right. They spun it up and they started amplifying it until that story started trending. So it was a false news story from a random blog, got it to start trending, The mainstream media then saw it. They wrote traditional news articles on it, blogs, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Then Wall Street saw it. Wall Street said – Okay, something's going on here. And they actually saw uh, their market cap drop several billion. So there's an opportunity
0: to make money. So
1: there's an opportunity. So we're seeing situations like that happen time and time again now. Mm -hmm.
0: So this was a fake news story that was started and then amplified. So a bot network works in that they start attacking it and then others start to attack it.
1: And then others start to attack it as well. Right. So,
0: but the original bots are attacking and then they have support bots right is that correct
1: yeah so a lot of times and it depends on the type of bot attack and if you sort of look at the motives that's always (laughs) kind of a good place to start so Mm -hmm. sometimes it's about corporate reputation okay how can you hit that uh that corporation's reputation that can impact all the things we've been talking about the other one is more around cultural weaponization okay how can you take very specific points in our culture so you know for example when Roseanne made that terrible tweet uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, More than 60 percent of that conversation was being amplified by bots.
0: So it seemed noisier than it was. It
1: seemed noisier than it was. It spun people up. Um, The goal of a lot of these bot networks is not for it to just be bots. Mm -hmm. It is to bring humans into the conversation, too, so they can start to see that. It's just so discord within... Mm -hmm. Uh, the media landscape. Then you also see examples uh, like the stock price issues that we Mm -hmm. talked about. And then you see it in our politics, too. Mm -hmm. So once you start looking at those sort of four motives, it starts to make sense what these malicious actors are doing.
0: Okay. All right. When we get back, we're talking with Josh Ginsburg. He has a company called Signal Labs. Um, It is a media intelligence company, but it started to look at the impact that bots have on corporations. Obviously, bots have had an impact on politics and our culture and we'll be talking about that and more when we get back. Today's show is brought to you by Udemy. Udemy is the largest and most accessible online learning marketplace with the most courses, teachers and opportunities for students everywhere around the globe. Udemy has over 65,000 courses from coding to comic book art available anywhere on their website and app. If you like learning as much as I do, then Udemy has something for you. Whether I'm at home, at the desk, on the computer, or using your app on my phone, Udemy gives me access to new knowledge wherever I am. You need to check out Udemy. They've helped students all over the world improve their skills, their careers, and their lives. And they've helped me set up this exclusive offer for my listeners only. Go to ude.my slash decode right now and get 90% off when you sign up for classes. You will not find a better price So sign up for classes now using my link, ude.my slash decode and get access to life-changing classes for 90% off. And make sure you download their app for your phone so you can stream your studies wherever you are. That's ude.my slash decode. That's ude.my slash decode. We're here with Josh Ginsburg. He is the CEO and co-founder of Zignal Labs, is here in San Francisco. He does media intelligence, which helps companies see how they're being perceived on social media. A lot of people do that. A lot of companies do that. But you're focused now more on nefarious players. It's obviously a growing problem in politics. Um the Russians obviously use the tools of social networks really well. And in fact, didn't people always think they hacked them. They didn't hack them, they used them properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and now these bot networks are doing that. Now we talk a lot about bots and in politics and the ability to swarm and to create a lot of uh, faux outrage and to create news that doesn't exist and things like that. But it's moved into the corporate space. Do you think companies have a sense of this, like that that they are being attacked?
1: Uh, for the most part, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that because it, it's really impossible to see if you don't have technology to right. see it. Right. It just looks like natural conversations. Right. And so time and time again, when we go to companies and we show them this data and these analytics, they're pretty surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they have that awareness, it really starts to make sense. But if not, you're responding to things and you're using resources on mm-hmm. on uh, elements in the media that just really are not that important. And right. so it can have a real impact on a that company. That you get
0: reactive, that you get instantly reactive you're or you do reactive. something or you make decisions and stuff like that. Let's talk first about the two cultural ones, Roseanne Barnes and, uh, and Samantha. The B. Yeah. So those are two opposite sides. Same, same week. Thing. Same week, same thing. Mm-hmm. So explain what happened in each of those cases.
1: So, in the first instance, you had Roseanne Barr, mm-hmm. and Roseanne said, put out a terrible tweet about Valerie Jarrett. Mm-hmm. And what you saw almost instantly were bot networks wake up mm-hmm. and they started amplifying what Roseanne said. And what's interesting was it was kind of on both sides of the issue. So there was one bot network or one side of the bot networks mm-hmm. that were saying, this is terrible, of Roseanne, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There was another side that was saying, hey, you're being too hard on Roseanne. You know, the, you know, the, the liberals get are getting too mm-hmm. upset. So you have both these things. And uh, what ended up happening was real people would then join the conversation because they were outraged.
0: On either side.
1: On either side. So, really, the goal there was to sow discord within Western culture.
0: And who's that? Who are those bots?
1: Well, so sometimes we were able to track those back. It depends mm-hmm. on how sophisticated the bot network is. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, you can't. It's more difficult. So,
0: they wake up. Why did Who wakes them up?
1: Uh, usually, there's some sort of nefarious actor who's mm-hmm. controlling these networks behind the scenes. Sometimes it's a group, you know, in politics you hear about this a bunch up on the hill, mm-hmm. um, that they're looking into various agencies overseas that do this. Mm-hmm. Um so it's coming from a lot of different angles. And again, some of this is economically motivated, some of this is culturally motivated. Right. And this so case, the, the attacks
0: on Roseanne and then Samantha B when she said that terrible thing about Ivanka Trump, which is also tasteless. Not nearly, not the same level of...
1: Both um, not advisable. Not advisable,
0: but not as bad as what Roseanne did. But um, the reason for that then is that humans were justifiably upset on both sides of that, but it creates a, a ginning up effect.
1: It's a ginning up in fact It mm-hmm. kind of Uh, it forms this poisonous environment within our public sphere. And if you think about it, these people who are doing this are not necessarily looking at it in that moment. They're Mm -hmm. playing the long game. Okay. How can we poison this? How can we make it cloudy? These issues murky. Mm -hmm. So when they do go out there and do something that's more economically motivated or motivated to impact our democracy or politics, Mm -hmm. it sort of has the, the waters are all muddied. So that, discord that Mm -hmm. they're sowing, to use that term, uh, it it really has a major impact on how we we digest the news, how we trust. trust. Yeah, Yeah. there's some really interesting statistics in terms of But your business is
0: getting companies to pay attention and to use your your technology to do that. Um, Give me an example of – you were talking – when we met yesterday about um, Harley-Davidson, for example.
1: Yeah, there was a really interesting situation that happened last week. So Harley-Davidson,
0: background, said they're not going to make as many motorcycles in the United States. Donald Trump was their best friend and now is angry at them and has been tweeting, not a bot tweet about them, attacking them quite heavily.
1: Exactly. And so what we saw was a tweet came out. That said, that quoted, and I'm putting the quote in quotes, uh, that Harley Davidson CEO basically called the president a moron. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden what you saw was that just go crazy. It went viral. It started trending. We saw at one point more than 70 percent of that conversation were bots. Mm -hmm. And when you traced it back and, you know, to actually to Twitter's credit, they've removed uh, the initial tweeter from uh, the platform. But it wasn't a real person. Mm -hmm. So someone created a fake account. They made up this fake quote, mm-hmm. and then you could see that they created these bot networks that all of a sudden started amplifying this. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about it, I thought that was a real quote when mm-hmm. I first saw it. I think almost everybody thought it was a real quote right. when they first saw it. Right. And you're seeing it over and over again, and it starts trending, and then the president starts to mm-hmm. respond to those things. And all of a sudden, this spins out of control. So mm-hmm. that impacts Parley davidson That impacts international trade policy. Mm -hmm. It impacts everything around President Trump. So there's a lot of reasons why Mm -hmm. these actors really want to start playing in this space. And if you're a corporation Mm -hmm. and you have no idea that that's what's happening, you're in a major disadvantage.
0: Right. Right. And so you have Harley Davidson. Not to give me another example of another.
1: Yeah. There's, so here's another example. Um, AMD, mm-hmm. back in March, right. uh, the chip maker. So mm-hmm. a small uh, security outfit out of the uh, Middle East came out with a blog post basically saying, hey, there's flaws in AMD's chips, which, by the way, is not how you expose flaws. There's a whole process. You yes. to company. Well, None of that yeah. happened. Um, so they they did that. What we saw was a bot network start to amplify that to a point where then
0: well, – What does that look like? What does an amplification
1: look like? So oh, picture it here, this way. Look at here. Yeah. So picture it this way. This blog post is basically sitting on the corner of the internet. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden a bot network uh, gets spun up and it starts retweeting it and it starts pushing it around all these different mm-hmm. platforms – Uh, Until more people start to see it, it gets more exposed within uh, mainstream news reporters, more stories get put out. Now, to AMD's credit, they actually uh, and and folks around them called it stock manipulation. They Mm -hmm. say, hey, this is manipulating the company. That's false, which is the right way to handle that. But, you know, that does have a hit people did hear, hey, there is a flaw with AMD. Now, the Mm -hmm. really interesting thing is we started Mm -hmm. to create a database of all these bots. So every time we see a bot spin up... where they spin into action. So we actually already had this bot network in our database, and we got an alert the split second that it started to Mm -hmm. occur. And this is... This
0: group of networks, bot networks.
1: Correct. And this one has been going from technology company to technology company, taking negative stories... And amplifying them to really start you know, right. weakening the industry, weakening those companies, really hitting those to those the reputations of those of brands. Them.
0: And so then you track them, and then you can tell the companies this is.
1: You can tell the companies there's situational awareness. There's offensive measures you can take. There's defensive measures. You know, calling it out it's, is always a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. You can make decisions uh, in terms of how much you want to expose it. Um, sometimes it makes more sense to not say anything. I mean, right. there's also situations where uh, companies start seeing over and over again and they freak out and they mm-hmm. make this big, Big announcement? No, this is not true. Well, sometimes the only reason people heard about that is because of the, company's the company made the announcement.
0: Right, right. So talk about this concept because here you are. You want to give people this intelligence about th- what they're doing, but at the same time, like you're saying, it's pernicious. Essentially, it's like having getting a virus. You can't, you can't just can't get rid of it. In the old days, there were whisper networks. They were like there'd be whispers about a person, a politician, a company, an issue, and then sometimes it would make it in the mainstream. By, by legitimate news organizations doing investigations or or whatever of any of these things. What's the difference now when you're doing media intelligence uh, between now and then? Because now you don't need—it moves much faster and has a similar impact.
1: Well, you kind of hit the biggest thing, which things move so fast now Mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily have time for that Mm fact-checking. And it's happening across— every platform that exists basically instantaneously. Mm-hmm. So a coordinated attack can move very quickly. And if you're a company, your job is to react. Your job is to tamp right. things down. Right. If you don't know where it's coming from, you're at a major disadvantage. Right. Um, and I think when we're talking about this sort of in the public now, mm-hmm. we've been talking about it a lot in relation to politics right. and elections and things sure. like that. We really haven't been talking about it in the context of how does this impact corporate America? And right. that's what's really important. Right. To do so now. talk
0: a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this is the one of the biggest things that corporate America needs to be aware of now. Mm-hmm. Those same forces are really impacting the markets. They mm-hmm. are impacting corporations. What's going to happen when they start making major company decisions based off that? They need to know where it's coming from. They need to know what the motives are behind it. They need to make sure that they have a strategy to deal with those issues as they start to come in. It's a completely new landscape. So
0: let me give you an example like Roseanne Barr. uh, Bob Iger fired her essentially Mm -hmm. after the comment, which most people would assume he would do just because of the comment – was he more? The question is, was he more affected by the reaction or the right thing to do? You, that, that those are the kind of decisions you can make quickly. I'm assuming he would have fired her.
1: Yeah, that was a ear. that was a comment that you
0: know. Yeah, you pretty much get fired. You probably get. But it has impact. Them. It has economic impact on the company. It has economic impact on people who are there. Um, but lesser issues that aren't so clear cut, like I noticed, uh, TNT didn't fire Samantha Bay. Like it was, in, there was a, It felt like there was a huge hubbub, and maybe there wasn't. Maybe there was a little one, and it was a stupid comment, but they and it didn't... gets
1: bigger and bigger, and right? Yeah,
0: right. So, how do you then explain to corporations that they have to calm themselves down, just like people, right? It's just...
1: Well, one of the things that we really try and do, and again, you need technology to do this. It's impossible mm-hmm. to do without the naked eye. Is mm-hmm. you really remove the bot networks from the convert from the analytics? So you say, right. okay, this is what's bot generated. This wasn't. Then you also take it a step further. This is the part of the conversation that was influenced by those bots, too.
0: Right, because then humans come into it. Right. And so once
1: you remove that, then you can start really seeing, okay, what is the real problem? A lot of times they are based off of real problems. Right. But a lot of times they're not.
0: Right, right.
1: And so you need to be able to see all of those things.
0: So is there less conversation actually going on than we think? Like less or not? It feels like there isn't. Like whenever Donald Trump tweets something, then it breaks into like an enormous rondelay every issue like that.
1: I mean, in some ways it would be great if it was that cut and dry. Is right. there less conversation or not? Because often what happens is the bots come in, the bot networks, those nefarious actors, mm-hmm. and then they cause more conversation. So mm-hmm. they're kind of lighting these fires throughout the Internet right. to create more and more conversation. And it really just feeds off of each other. Right. And if you think about sort of how they're impacting how – I talk about things. You talk mm-hmm. about that. We all talk about things, how we're all digesting news information. Mm-hmm. It's really widespread. And the fact that so much of this is being manipulated by individuals or groups or, whatever. or foreign states, whatever it is. I mean, it's pretty scary. It's kind of out of right. the spy novel type Right, thing right, right.
0: It was about. actually a plot on Homeland. Yeah, it was a plot know on know Homeland. What it was. What did he, he took a picture. He, there was a couple. Yeah, they it
1: kind they, of amplified. Yes. They
0: amplified a lot of stuff, which mm-hmm. was really interesting, which created decisions that were then bad and then created more mess. It was—, it was
1: And that's now happening— Every single Mm -hmm. day. I mean, I would. The first thing that I always urge people of is just be aware this is happening. Right. You need to be aware of that.
0: That implication, and then from a corporate point of view, to be aware that you you can't react right, that you shouldn't react until you know where it's coming from,
1: or you should react differently depending on uh, where it's coming from, how it's getting to you. Um, You know, if if it's impacting something like your stock price, that's right. uh then you need to bring in other players, you know, bring right. in the investor relations team, the risk team, the cybersecurity team. It it really changes the communications landscape mm-hmm. for a corporation.
0: Mm-hmm. We're here with Josh Ginsberg. He has a company in San Francisco called Zignal Labs. He has had a long-time political history. Um, when things were easier, were things easier then?
1: <laughs> uh it didn't feel like it, but looking back, man, we, All right. we traded a lot. Yeah, I
0: that. know, I know it was easy, right? It was just some <laughs> annoying local news reporter that got some good tip. Um so let's talk about what companies can do cuz I do want to and then I want to get back to politics this midterm election's coming up when this is it's disinformation, it's uh, manipulation of these networks. It's just using the networks well um, mm-hmm. for, for disinformation. Um, but let's talk about what people can do, what companies can do. I, I mean, obviously, every company can't just now have a social media presence. They've got to understand the impact of social media on them in order not to be as twitchy, presumably.
1: Yeah, I mean, and there's a whole strategy. And the, the other thing that we're seeing, too, is there's a converging of, you know, before social media team worked differently than the communications team, which worked differently than the marketing team. Mm-hmm. We're seeing all of those things really start to converge. So mm-hmm. all of those, whereas they used to be really siloed, they're they're all turning into one. Mm-hmm. So that's step one, is making sure that you have the, communi- the internal communication within those different mm-hmm. groups and teams. Then number two, when you start to see this start to happen, you need to be able to see, okay, where it's coming from and what are the motives. Once that gets established, then you're able to start figuring out what your strategy is. Mm -hmm. Are you going to say, hey, this is manipulation? Hey, this is a bot network that's coming out. Mm -hmm. There are certain offensive strategies that you can do, too, in terms of how are you pushing out your message Mm -hmm. as you can map sort of that new landscape mm-hmm. of where are the bots? Where are the influencers? How, well, how are you going to You don't stop them.
0: They just go away. They just fade back. They make a mess and then fade back.
1: Yeah, but the other thing is if you if you uh, tell your message in the right way or you give your message to the right influencers, mm-hmm. you need to know how's that going to be amplified right. by real people, you by You want to amplify it yourself. Yeah, how do you uh, use that uh, to your ability too? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different things that you need to look at from a landscape perspective as well as just sort of a general strategy perspective mm-hmm. as you're reacting to these things. So
0: when you bring it to a corporate client, here's, look, this new thing just was bot-related.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's the first thing they do? It depends on the situation. Maybe.
1: Depends on the situation, although if it's an economically motivated situation, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's pretty relevant. That right. means that you need to... Be aware of how this is going to impact stuff like your stock price. Right. If it's more of a corporate reputation situation. Right, or which it's, it's often. Which often it is. Mm-hmm. Or if it's about your CEO, you know, that's really important too. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to get out there and correct the record, to be able to go out there and and really make sure your message is being amplified. Here's another interesting thing that we see time and time again. Um, And I'll give you a real-world use case to illustrate this. We found bot networks that get I'll use the term "woken up" mm-hmm. based off of certain keywords. So, for mm-hmm. example, we found a bot network where every time a major technology company's name is used in the same headline as the word "vulnerability," uh, it'll wake up. It'll start to amplify it. Okay. And so, if you're a technology, so whenever company,
0: Facebook and fuck up happens, it, go ahead. Yeah,
1: I mean, hey, whatever. We okay, can, we can check that. Um, privacy fuck up. Yeah. Sorry, Mark, but <laughs> I'm just glad to know I can curse on this podcast. Yes, you may. So. Um, Please feel free. Great, thanks. Uh, so if you know that, if you know that's part of the landscape, right. how do you then, number one, make sure from a defensive perspective that those headlines aren't coming out? Right, which for, you can't. Which right. you which, which you can't, but you might be able to sort mm-hmm. of figure out the best way to frame a story based right. off of that. Or from an offensive perspective, how do you use that in a positive way? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a less sophisticated bot network. now. What's scarier are the more sophisticated bot networks. Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example of one of those. Okay. We found bot networks what we call are using a three wave strategy. Okay. So basically, three waves. Yeah. Jesus. We just it's like we the ocean.
0: I like w- your little thing. I like it. You. Like, we came up with that. You're getting it, paid the big bucks. Yeah. You Theories. It's Go. a new
1: world. Right. We can come up with new fun I'm bringing names you things. the
0: third wave, <laughs> yeah. Harley-Davidson <We'll>, CEO.
1: <laughs> we'll call one a Kara Swisher strategy. Okay. We'll figure right, out okay. what
0: Okay. All is. right, okay, yeah.
1: So in a, a three-wave strategy, the, mm-hmm. there's three basically bot attacks that happen over usually a two- to four-week period. Okay. And the first two waves, the bot networks are testing messages. What's resonating with different groups that they want to get that out to? Right. And so they're just doing little tests, and you can kind of see how that happens. Mm-hmm. Through our technology, mm-hmm. the third wave is where they're using what they learn to really make an impact to right. pack a really big punch. That's sort of the scary time. Right. So if we can show a company, hey, they're, they're preparing now. We can prepare for that. We can see what's starting to happen. Also, right. how can you participate in those waves too? Right. There's all sorts of offensive and defensive. Like what measures. participating ride the wave? Essentially, well, you can start to see. Okay, well. Uh, people are reacting when they push out this type of message to you. How are you going to respond to that in the moment? How can you blunt that? at mm-hmm. that time, so you're saving yourself when it gets to that third wave. So there's mm-hmm. a number of patterns like that that mm-hmm. we start
0: to see. That you can see, and that presumably the third wave is to sink you, essentially, is to Yeah, an
1: and in. you have alerting function, we have alerting right. functionality that can tell you, hey, this is, we've got a three-wave coming at you. Yeah, and be it's going to be bad.
0: Um, so how do corporations react now when you show that, like, a lot of technology companies get hit here, you've got a lot of others, and you can see it, you, you can see it was interesting. You were looking, I think the Microsoft one was the... Uh, the ice issue which the employees were concerned it was a real thing
1: they were they were concerned it was a it right. was a legitimate issue that they right. had but what we saw was there was a concern so it came from sort of a real person right. that tweeted out hey look this is what's happening microsoft is working with ice mm-hmm. but then during that conversation 52% of all conversations within that were bots. They are mm-hmm. being amplified by bots. Mm-hmm. So if you're Microsoft, you know, does that change the way you respond to things, knowing that the level mm-hmm. of intensity probably felt a little bit more because the bots right. were amplifying that? Right, right. So you change your strategy in terms right. of... So you don't, don't get quite
0: as intense if you think it's the bots. Yeah, exactly. Because, but, but then real people see them. That's the difficult... I think that's the fascinating part. All right, just finishing up, I want to talk about what happens in the next elections and everything. You know, you're a political guy, so you're... you, you still do political clients or not
1: we have some political customers right yes, not too many
0: so corporations are just waking up to what politics has been under siege but it seems like just from reading recent reports about the government's not ready for the next thing the company's just met it is in a few months um where, what do you imagine the next what has to happen next you're not going to stop these bot networks presumably is there a way to stop them
1: Um, it is challenging. You're
0: you're creating, you're chronicling them, but they could move away and create new ones all the time.
1: Well, that's the thing. This is constantly evolving. I mean, it's on us to make sure we're staying one step Mm -hmm. ahead of all of those that we can say, okay, you know, what's the next iteration of the three wave strategy? You know, that's really important. Four waves. Yeah, four. Get ready for five. Tsunami. (laughs) Um, Tsunami. The tsunami strategy. So, um, but I think people do need to be made aware in this election cycle. Mm-hmm. This is happening. We're seeing it right now. Every single primary, this is happening. All of these different messages are getting pushed around. And again, it's happening on both sides of the aisle. It's mm-hmm. not like, hey, the Republicans are doing this, the Democrats are doing that. I mean, oftentimes it's probably outsiders who are also get jumping in there to mm-hmm. sow discord. When we see major issues spike up, you know, immigration was a really good example it's of a good this. example, yeah. Um, we saw that huge percentages of that conversation were malicious actors just trying to spin people mm-hmm. up. And again, across all platforms. And the way that the media uh, writes about that is also impacted, of course it is. I right, because
0: they see it and they think it's a bigger deal. I just yeah. was dealing with someone who was, we were tweeting, we were doing a Tim Cook interview and the, they wanted to tweet something. And I said, don't tweet it, you're going to get a lot of bullshit tweets back at you and then you think that's the issue Mm -hmm. and there was dozens and dozens in one issue and I was like this is spot related this has to be it was just too many people responding to the same thing and it was really but they were like well we got to ask about that I'm like no we don't like it's not an issue it's just you're now being pushed around by I'm sure a Russian somewhere in St. Petersburg or something like that
1: yeah no let me like let me give you an example Mm of that So Bloomberg did a story about Nestle back Mm -hmm. in last September. And Mm -hmm. it was about how they were it as a water rights issue, Mm -hmm. effectively. Maybe not necessarily the sexiest issue. but um, And they were going to places where, you know, they could get water for very inexpensive or free and bottling it. And they were selling it for billions. That's Mm -hmm. what the story was about. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the folks at Bloomberg probably thought they had a hell of a story on their hands because it kept getting talked about. Mm -hmm. And when we looked into this – Time and time again, and this has been – this is an example where this story comes up at least monthly and it just spikes huge amounts, starts trending. It's all bot networks. Mm -hmm. It's all these nefarious actors that are trying to push across an environmental message. So that can have those types of impacts. Right, that that they keep
0: going on it, that it keeps living. And then so companies think it's still a thing and so Mm -hmm. does the media. So we'll we'll just – React to it.
1: So the same thing's happening in our politics, too. Right. For sure.
0: Right. So are you worried about these elections, these next elections?
1: I think everybody should be worried about this. I mean, this is – and I think the first thing is just people need to be aware that this is occurring. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not too late. There's things that we can do about it. I Mm -hmm. think it's important to have these conversations out in the open. It's Mm -hmm. important for media outlets to be aware this is happening. It's important for politicians, for elected officials – um, and that's what's going to get us to get to a point where we can start blunting some of these issues.
0: What about the responsibilities of platforms in this? Which are the most manipulable? You use Twitter a lot. Obviously, Twitter is the cesspool that has become a, a media organization. Whatever it is, I call it. You don't I, have to call it a cesspool.
1: I, I would say. Um, one of the major issues is that this is not a platform specific issue. Right. Because if it was, then you can just mm-hmm. say, okay, well, this platform just needs to fix it, clean it up. And a lot of these platforms are genuinely taking mm-hmm. uh, legitimate steps Such to is. try and clean it up. Well, I mean, you've seen both Facebook Figure, and Twitter. Knock for, people off. The yeah, time. they're removing mm-hmm. um, accounts that are fake and things like that. But when it's happening across networks, you know, the Senate Intelligence Committee just wanted to Tumblr and said, mm-hmm. hey, you were manipulating the 2016 election. What are you doing for the 2018 election? Mm-hmm. Um, so and by the way, once people saw it on Facebook. Tumblr, then it went to Reddit, then it went to the Facebook, warmer, yeah. Twitter, then it went into mainstream news. So it, it's across the board,
0: across the board all the platforms. So
1: I think it's important that um, all the platforms are working to clean it up, and I, and I think they and are share taking, information. Yeah, and I think they are taking genuine steps in order to do so. But those activities, of course, need to continue. I think. I think they are, and I think, you know, us as consumers, us as readers of this media also mm-hmm. just need to have that level of It's interesting too. that people don't
0: get quite as bothered by, say, a Samantha Bee or Roseanne Barr, these bots, or politics. But when it comes to corporations, wait a second, this could, like, affect us. So what would the the, the head of Harley-Davidson do in that instance. What did he do?
1: Harley Davidson actually, I think, did a good job. Number one, I think they contacted the platforms. They had those users removed mm-hmm. that were you know, talking about this. Uh, and then they issued a statement saying, hey, this is not real. Now, that's maybe a little bit of an easier example mm-hmm. because so many people were paying attention to it. Well, what happens if it's a little bit smaller? What happens if a little bit happens every day and it's kind of this right. low-grade fever and not necessarily enough for it to really get Did on Did you hear someone radars? got sick at a Disney park?
0: Or yeah. the stuff around – the, the consp- there was a story to the conspiracy theories around uh, p- phones taping you when mm-hmm. you're – and then sending you ads. Yeah. Which they proved today not so um, – But people persist. I think that's actually just crazy people. Yeah. But that could be just conspiracy. But
1: then they get amplified and then... But then it would affect these
0: businesses. It was like, look, I'd like to ding Facebook and Google all day long, but not for things they don't do. I agree. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's focus on the shitty things they do versus the shitty things they don't
1: do. But I think that is sort of the situation that we're in Mm -hmm. nowadays. What's true, what's not true? It's really difficult to tell. And you made a point earlier that I think was really good. One of the largest things that we've seen over the past couple years is trust in institutions have plummeted. Mm -hmm. I mean, study after study shows that the two places where trust in institutions have sunk the most is number one, media, and number two, corporations. So what's true and what's not? That's Mm -hmm. really difficult to discern in this media environment. Mm -hmm.
0: And what does the impact of Trump behaving this way have on it?
1: (laughs) I mean, it's probably not helping. And the other thing is people are using these political uh, issues as vehicles to hit corporations, right. because what they look at is, all right, let's look at the culture. Let's look at corporations. What can we tie together that will get people spun up the mm-hmm. most? Mm-hmm. And in this political environment,
0: yeah. it's political issues. That's a really good one. And then using these tools, these technology tools. That, mm-hmm. Did you see any upcoming ones that are going to be dangerous? VR suddenly?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what I'm probably the most nervous about is okay. this issue with deep fakes. Mm-hmm. So what happens if Oh, what's if you, a deep fake? So that's when you—and I'm sure your listeners mm-hmm. are going to hear my explanation mm-hmm. and be like, man, you got like 15 percent of that. Mm-hmm. But okay. I'll do my best. Um, okay. But so that's an example where you can take any individual and you get enough video, you get enough audio, you get enough visual. Ah,
0: uh, you deep fake. They're and nothing. so
1: then all of a sudden I can show a CEO—I'll do a PG version of a deep mm-hmm. fake—but a CEO I can make it look like a CEO went and robbed a bank. Mm -hmm. And that video can look extremely genuine to Mm -hmm. the naked eye. You start amplifying that, all of a sudden you get stories about a CEO robbing a bank. Now let's take that a step further. What if it's a foreign leader that you have showing Mm -hmm. a video saying that they're going to uh, do something to the United States. What right. happens if right. it's, you know, you can sort of go down the line yep. from yep. politicians yep. And everything else. So you combine... This is another episode
0: of Homeland, but go ahead, yeah.
1: <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. Maybe I should just, you know, take watch ideas Watch Homeland. Homeland. It has a lot of things. Either that, there's
0: actually a movie you should watch um, uh, <laughs> called um, Minority Report that has a lot of ideas, yep. like a lot of this stuff in. Maybe, yep. you, know, you know, I try to avoid Tom Crumb's movies, but nonetheless, this one is full of ideas like that.
1: That's a great movie. Conceptual actually.
0: ideas. All right. So so if you're a corporation, you need to be paying attention to this. You need to understand. And if you're a user, what just turn off Twitter or what?
1: No, I mean I think look, I think Twitter, Facebook, all these platforms serve a really great purpose in terms mm-hmm. of getting news and information. But as you're digesting that news and information, you just need to be aware, you need to be extra vigilant what's real, what's not. Do research, make sure you're reading from trusted publications. Um, You know, everyone's got that crazy uncle that likes to throw out those memes. I know memes. it's
0: crazy, but they're like, <laughs> the whole world is crazy. You know, let, me just, let me just end by saying we, we looked at my name and apparently I don't have many bots, but lots of people are pissed at me. Yes. <laughs> like, so Kara Fisher is just being attacked by regular people.
1: Kara is very clean on the bots. Uh, regular people might be a little bit pissed Yeah, off. so I
0: create all <laughs> kinds of problems, but just it's all real It's a badge people. of honor. Thank you so much, but bots, please don't come after me because <laughs> I would ignore you Yeah, too. forget this.
1: This is not a trigger. <laughs> this is not a
0: trigger, but thank you so much, Josh. This is been really fascinating. Again, it's uh, Josh Ginsberg from Zignal Labs. Their product is called what is it? Uh, bot intelligence or bot? yeah,
1: our bot intelligence platform.
0: Right, which I think a lot of companies will be either availing themselves or there's lots of people. There's going to be a lot of business in this area um, as so. we move forward because people have to know what's real and what's not. Or maybe, maybe not. We'll never know. <laughs> anyway, by the way, it's all a simulation anyway, Josh, according to most internet. Yeah, so, exactly. so it doesn't course. matter. This yeah, we're in just an episode a- of
1: Westworld Yeah, right exactly.
0: Now. All right, it was great talking to you. Thanks for coming on the show. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. You can find more episodes of Recode Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or just visit recode.net slash podcasts for more. If you have a minute, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell other people about the show. This helps them discover great interviews like this one. We welcome bot reviews also, <laughs> that as long as they're positive. Now that you're done with this, you should check out our other podcasts, Too Embarrassed to Ask, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. You can find those shows wherever you found this one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode, and thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Tune in then.
1: Hi, Recode Decode listeners. I want to tell you about a new podcast, The Arthur Brooks Show. That's me, Arthur Brooks, and I'm president of the American Enterprise Institute. I'm making a new podcast with Vox Media. Now, as president of AEI, that's a Washington think tank, I see bitter disagreement all the time, and it's terrible. We need some way to disagree, not less, but better. So this is a series that looks at the art of disagreement. The first episode is out July 12th. Find it on Apple
0: Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And most of all, subscribe right
1: now.